thought-provoking topics. Read along with a stress-free book club that fits into a busy lifestyle. From out of the pages to real life, explore the fine line between fiction and nonfiction as we pull from bestsellers that will change your life. Tune in to our bi-weekly book club of mind-bending and empowering stories hosted by Nova Lorraine, founder of Rain Magazine, and her two co-hosts, Toby Santagato and Barbara Donato. Welcome to another episode of Tuesday's Book Club, exclusively on the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. Don't miss a show as we read and review books that will change your life. From fiction to nonfiction, these stories will push you to grow due to their thought-provoking nature. Join myself, Nova Lorraine, and my two co-hosts, Barbara Donato and Toby Santagato, as we share our insights and our own personal discoveries. Today's show, we're reviewing The Reader by Bernard Schlink. And the next two books, get your pens and pencils, guys, or smartphones, whatever you're using to write this down. The next two books are Unleash Your Supernova by Nova Lorraine, yours truly. And our final book of season two is Just Ask and It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And don't forget to stick around to the end of our show as we share with you what we think happened next as the story concludes. And so as usual, I'm going to share a brief summary from the publisher before we dive in and find out what we all think about the reader. So here's a summary from the publisher. Hailed for its coiled eroticism and the moral claims it makes upon the reader, this mesmerizing novel is a story of love and secrets, horror and compassion, unfolding against the haunted landscape of post-war Germany. When he falls ill on his way home from school, 15-year-old Michael Berg is rescued by Hannah, a woman twice his age. In time, she becomes his lover. Then she inexplicably disappears. When Michael next sees her, he is a young law student, and she is on trial for a hideous crime. As he watches her refuse to defend her innocence, Michael gradually realizes that Hannah may be guarding a secret that she considers more shameful than murder. So, ladies, well, first of all, hello. 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 So what did you guys think of the reader? Barbara suggested this book and I am dying here. I know, Barbara, you, of course, you know, for you to suggest it, you read it before, I'm, I'm assuming. Actually, it was recommended to me and I never really got a chance to read it. No, I don't think you did. Did you? It was recommended. Didn't you say? In the- it was new for me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Okay. Wait, so the reason why I said that and I remember that was because I was thinking the whole beginning, I was thinking, uh-oh. I don't think Barbara knew what we were thinking. <laughs> no, this was another book that my sister recommended to me. In fact, I think oh. she got it for me for either birthday or Christmas present. Oh my gosh. I knew it. And I was like, how, like in the beginning, I was like, are we going to get to the point? Inspiration. Well, there was a lot of inspiration. I don't know about you, Toby, but I was definitely inspired reading the beginning of the book. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is, it was so different than any book ever, ever, ever. I do remember (laughs) when I was first reading it, I went, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Our listeners who haven't read the book are probably like, what are they talking about? Listen, at least from my opinion, get the book. It is, 
unexpected in terms of the journey you're going to take through the first, actually through the entire book. But the reason why our miles were on the floor just a little bit is because just as the publisher describes, there were definitely some very, I would say, um, elegantly erotic scenes. I think it was very elegant in how the author shared the intimate scenes between him and his um, love interest, right? What would you guys think about that? Yeah, I just was taken aback. I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm a prude, but I just didn't expect it like at all. And it, and it was pretty graphic <laughs> pretty quickly, you know, like it wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> and the movie, is, it's pretty sudden in the movie too. I did see the movie. They're very, it's a good parallel, but I was like, for, you know, for me, I don't know, this is going to sound really weird, but I did find it enjoyable. And cause I was just like, Oh, Ooh, okay. Okay. Like I, I like the connection. I love the hunger. I love just the passion. Not a fan of the age difference as a mother of a son who happens to be 20 years old. And even though, you know, she thought he was around my son's age, I, I don't know how as a mother I would have been able to handle it if my son was in a relationship like that. But just from a, a reader standpoint and an artistic standpoint, I mean, and even from her standpoint, I kind of understood why she was drawn to him. And I actually understood why he was drawn to her too. If we want to just kind of jump into that situation, I kind of felt like she was drawn to somebody so young because of her past. And I think that she kind of felt like she had her past stolen from her and seeing him and being with him and and being in those wonderful moments with him was kind of like her getting a little bit of her past back and reliving moments that she probably felt that she lost that young love that she didn't, she never really was able to experience. So when I look at it from that perspective, I was okay with her falling for him and being with that passion. And then too, I mean, this is a gorgeous woman, you know what I mean? A beautiful woman. This is like a dream come true for him. You know, she's beautiful and he's able to like live out these, a fantasy you know, that these young men tend to live. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not young. I don't want to know. I'm not even going to ask my son that question. But I, I think that for both of them, it was something that was fulfilled. So I coming from that aspect of it, I was okay with it. What do you think, ladies? I agree. I think, well, I agree on both points. I definitely was taken back by the age of the narrator, who's the author and the main character, or one of the two main characters. And it took me a good minute to forget (laughs) or at least not let it stay in the forefront where it was like getting in the way of the story, you know, forgetting his age. And Hannah, his love interest is 36 when the story opens up and she assumes that he's in college. So yeah, like you said, somewhere between 18 and 22, but at least an adult. Well, we are well aware as the readers that he's only 15. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. And it's, not, it, it's very quickly. It, well, what I think what takes everybody back is no getting to know each other. The first thing that happens besides him not feeling well and she takes care of him is when he goes back, they don't even really speak. I mean, they have sex many, many times, but it's pre-relationship. Their relationship comes on after. It's built after that. And it's just such a weird dynamic to see that it doesn't really, you know, you hear one night stands, but they end up going on to have a very 
torrid romance, but it, it doesn't start in the seeds of normal, let's get to know each other. So it was very, very strange. Yeah. I will say one of the things that struck me in the beginning of the book was his, and this is almost, I believe, I'm not sure if it's before he describes himself getting sick or not, but, and just to enlighten our, our listeners who have not yet gotten to the book, he gets terribly ill and that's how he meets Hannah. But one of the scenes that really I thought was profound is as he's describing how he was almost hypnotized by her as he was peering through the crack in the door with her putting on her stockings. And it was just like, and just that simple act, she was fully clothed, but he could see her shape underneath the slip she was wearing. And he himself couldn't figure out why he, to this day, he was so hypnotized by her at that moment in time because he had girlfriends and even of his wife that he had asked to recreate that scene and it, that feeling never came back. But what struck me as he was describing it was that she was fully present. Like her body language and how she moved, you could tell that she was like in that moment, completely aware, I guess, of who she was. And that maybe allowed her to show this extra level of beauty or there was more magnetism to her. But it just reminded me of some of the other books we've read this season about being in the present moment. And to see, at least in my interpretation, to see it being written about and how someone who is in the present moment could attract someone else at such a deep level. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I think that too, you guys didn't touch on it, but like the parent thing, I think he had a normal childhood, meaning I don't think that there was anything crazy going on, the divorce, he had siblings, but they were very, so funny thing is my daughter is a philosophy major. Um, She graduated already and her boyfriend is a philosophy major and they'll probably both get their doctorates in philosophy and professors. And so his dad's a professor. And there's a scene in there. There's a couple of scenes. He's actually not talked about a lot, but he's significant. So in this part of the book that we're talking about, which is the beginning of the book, there's a part that he's describing his dad and his dad is not ever present. So there had to be some deep physical attraction to someone that was paying attention to him, that was present. As a matter of fact, there's a, I don't know if you remember this, but he would say that he would almost need appointments with his dad And his dad had students and the students would also have appointments. Now he wouldn't make his kid wait like he would make his students wait for those appointments sometimes over longer period of times of waiting that's reasonable. But even to know that your father required an appointment to speak to him and that I think he knew that his parents loved him, but it was just such a not present family. And now you've got this woman that's so present and Mm. it's striking. It's, it's infectious. It's, and he needed it. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. I never thought about it like that. But yeah, when you see the interactions between like the dad was, he was a character and the kids and his siblings, like the parents and the kids, he and his siblings. Yeah, I would agree with that. I am dying to hear what you guys thought about neither of them even knowing each other's names until day six of daily romancing. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what we're calling it? Yes, this is what we're calling it. Day six. Now, would this, would any of you guys be in a relationship, quote unquote, relationship 
for six days without knowing the person's name. That is. <laughs> no, that's bizarre. You know what? I don't know. Uh, let me tell you, and I'm, the only reason why I don't know, I will say that I don't know is because I've had a love. I've had a very, a love like that. Like I've had, not, I don't necessarily, not so much passionate because I was super duper young. I don't think I, I understood what passion, true passion was at that age, but maybe, maybe it was. But I, I felt that connection like that, that was ridiculously strong to the point where even 20 years later, I, I'm married. I have my own kids. He has his own children. He's in a long-term relationship. And we could have a conversation and I can still feel that connection. So I, you know, love being in love, lust, I guess you could call it. It makes people do crazy things. It really does. So yeah, it does. have I done that before? Absolutely not. But have I felt strong enough to where that possibly could have happened? I don't see why that wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Like I can't turn it down or. Well, I mean, they had mutual crushes, which is interesting, even though they had that big age gap, it was mutual almost all the way through. It was fairly mutual. And we would see that in the whole time period of the, you know, cause we're trying to stay on track here with how it went. But in the beginning, the whole time they're together and we have like, they have that, there's like the only fight they really ever had. And then, then we move on. It was like, even then a few of the f- arguments they got, you got a glimpse of, gosh, she really cares about him. She's in love with him. And it was mutual. And he really was in love with her. And so it wasn't, it was interesting because it wasn't one-sided. It really was, even though they were different ages and they had different emotions and different backgrounds, they mutually liked each other equally, I think. I agree. And I would have to say that, well, two things. One, the fight that they did get into was really interesting. The power play that changed the dynamic of their relationship and him having to always apologize and this and that for her to get away. But the other piece of it was they, for the first time in that earlier period of the relationship, they introduced the concept of the reader. And she was furious to find out that he was failing out of his classes, possibly not going to graduate high school because that was another bomb drop. Hello. Mm -hmm. And then had him promise that he was going to make his grades, graduate on time, but then also read to her. Every single time he came over, which was daily. And before they could do anything, he had to read to her. So what what were your thoughts when that first came about, when she was like, no, we're going to do things differently today. You're going to read to me and insisted on it every day thereafter. What crossed your mind? I thought it was odd. I thought it was. But then, you know, my whole absent minded self was like, oh, well, that's different. That just might be a way for them to be more intimate with each other. Like, right. I thought it was like, oh, that's so cute. She wants, yeah. to, she wants to, you know, she wants to do, you know, she doesn't want it to be physical anymore. It's, you know, she wants to have more of a mental connection. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. So that was where I was at. Well, I mean, you know, when you can look backwards and you know that her whole life was about this whole situation with reading, you then realize that someone that cannot read would for sure absolutely absolutely not want someone to lose the opportunity to get every piece of education that they had a right to it doesn't sound like and it's not like she didn't want to know 
or didn't want to have those opportunities. Her childhood, and it doesn't give us a lot of details, but we know that he's comes from an educated father and she didn't have those opportunities. And so it's important because she does, like she wants, I mean, I, if it were me, I'd be screaming from the rooftops. Take advantage of school, take advantage of school. Because it's not always a given. And certainly back then, it really wasn't always a given compared to like now, it's a right. Then it was majority of people were obviously in school. But in her situation, she didn't get the opportunity to have an education. And she really, really wanted him to absolutely absorb every bit of that opportunity. Yeah, that scene was pretty intense when that came up. And we could see why it was so powerful and important for the rest of the story. So I think this is a good time to transition to when they were able to go away for the first time together. And there was that explosive, this is the best way I could describe it, Mm -hmm. unexpected reaction that she had with him. I was like, whoa, what did you guys think of that scene? Well, I mean, I think that it's just almost like, I mean, I've had this with my husband a million times. You're having the best time of your life and then something stupid happens and it's all for nothing. You're like, wait, weren't we just having fun two seconds ago? And they're having just this amazing freeing trip. They can be together without worrying about people. And like they even, he even said, like, if someone asks questions, I can, you can be my mom. But then at one point, someone's looking where they're staying and he gives her a kiss, an intimate kiss, like, haha, see this, you know, like, screw you, I'm going to just, I'm going to be out in the open. And they were doing so good. And he was so happy and so in love. And when this, that's when I knew, which you guys, I think when we talked about it a while ago, you, you didn't know yet, but I really knew when she left, when he left and he went to get her like flowers or bread or something nice to bring back and he left her a note. And then she was like, I can't believe you. she thought that he abandoned her because, and she was like screaming at him and yelling at him. He kept saying, I left you a note. Did you not see my note? I left you a note. And then as we're reading, we, we learned that he she threw the note out. Now it doesn't say point blank. She threw the note out. She can't read, but you kind of know for me, I knew at that moment, oh my God, that was when I realized fully. I, I was suspicious when he started handing her books and then she'd be like, no, you read to me right. There was like the seeds were there, but the author did a really good job in not making it for certain. And even here he doesn't, they don't say she can't read, but it's clear she hid the note. I mean, you can tell. And why would someone hide a note? But then when he, she physically assaults him, hello, like beats him up, basically. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, you know, that was a shock to me because, and again, my bubble brain was like, why did, I don't, like, didn't she read the note? <laughs> you are so kidding. What? Me. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I mean, what was she so upset about? He told her where she was going. Like, where he was going, you know, like not to worry, whatever. And I just kind of was a little confused by that in, initially. And I just was like, was she afraid to be alone? Did she, was she scared that he took too long? Maybe he was going to leave. But I also feel like that was kind of a turning point in their relationship because he saw some, that darkness in her. And when, I don't think that he was ready to process it. And she wasn't ready to even allow him to understand where she was coming from. So I think that kind of started, I think that was kind of like the, I don't know, I don't want to say beginning of the end, but yeah, the beginning of the end is, you know, I guess I kind of do want to say that. Well, you know, I didn't necessarily see it as the beginning of the end based on the events that immediately (laughs) followed, but well, (laughs) 
<laughs> I was equally shocked. I don't know if she beat him up, but she did smack him once really hard. She hit him. No, he shot. It was more than we'll go back one day. <laughs> it was a few hits. I thought she was just psycho. I didn't think she couldn't read. I was just like, wow, this lady is off a rocker. And that makes sense. Why she's with someone so young anyway, and agree to be his mama on this trip. Yeah. And, you know, why would you hit someone across the face, mind you, and then kiss them right after? Like that's psycho material for me. I was just like, I was like, whoa. I really thought at that point, oh my God, this chick can't read. And she didn't know. She thought he, you also realize how much she really loves him. And she thought he left and abandoned. So she's got abandonment issues because, right, I think she was, did, wasn't was raised by her family, was abandoned at some point in her own life. And now it's like a re, you know, we know anything that's a wound is always a bigger wound. So I thought to myself, well, she thinks he left. Mm-hmm. You know what, as we're talking, and when you mentioned the abandonment comment, you know what, I think she is very much still a child. Like, I don't think she ever really grew up, which would explain a lot because think about, and we'll get to get to this in a minute, in a couple of minutes. But if you think through the end of the book and her reaction to some of those events, it was very, very childlike. And we're going to get there. So, but that is a really interesting point, Toby, because what we do know, because she doesn't share much about her background and her past, We know that she arrived in Berlin at 16 years old without parents, and she made no mention of siblings. So here she is, a minor in a major city, fending for herself. And if we're going to accept the theory of her not being able to read at this point, how do you get to 16 years old without learning how to read and ending showing up in a city by yourself as a young girl during this time period? So there's a lot of question marks around that. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. I think my thought process in that and what makes it even more tragic is she may have had like an immaturity about her, but she also had the will to survive in lots of ways that takes, and that's more of like a nature person versus a nurture. Like in her was just a very strong fighting kind of woman that survived. And there you are sitting there trying to survive moment by moment. It's scary. It's all you and it's on you. Everything's on you. And I think that having somebody rely on you, it was a good feeling for her. She had someone that sh- that needed her and she needed him. It was kind of connected. But I, I think that even though she couldn't read, she I mean, look, they wanted to give her a promotion. I mean, she was a hard worker and she was resilient or she wouldn't have been able to survive. Right. And then, and remember, in my perspective, I had no clue about, or it suspected her not being able to read or not, you know, or being able to read. It was just like, whoa, what? but let's turn. Well, before we transition, I want to ask Barbara, we know that this event that we just talked about, this fight that they had, we know that they made up very quickly and the narrator shares how it brought them closer together because it was for the first time that she showed her vulnerability and how they made love was differently and how they held each other was different. And just, he took everything in about her and he became extremely present during that time period after that explosive fight and the feel of her skin and 
Just every little detail about her was emphasized to the 10th degree. And again, at that point in time, there was no age difference between them. And I want to share this poem real quick that really jumped out at me. A poem he never shared with her, but wrote after this vacation they took together. When we open ourselves, you yourself to me and I myself to you. When we submerge you into me and I into you. When we vanish into me, you, and into you, I, then am I me and you are you. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that was so beautiful. <laughs> what were your thoughts, Barbara? When they read through this detail of describing their the nature of the relationship after that fight? Well, like I said, I personally, I don't... Ladies, I'm I'm normally a, not a pessimist. <laughs> I normally see things in a positive light, but I, I just kind of felt like even though, you know, he wrote this poem, I know that he wanted something from her. This whole thing with the note brought about a change. I mean, he didn't know uh, what was holding her back and she was holding something back from him. And I think when you said that she's living in the moment, yes, I absolutely agree with that. But that note brought her back to a past that she didn't want any parts of. And it brought her back to a situation, rem- reminding her of something that she didn't, not just the past that she experienced, but a past that she wanted no one to know about. And then even when they came back, I think of the fact that he never told anybody about her. Yeah. You know what I mean, like he kept that part of his life to himself. And even with that, like he, you know, was starting to have more friends and, and starting to get closer to those friends and started to see other girls differently. I think there was a change there. I do. Like, I I think that he, that there was something that she, he may not have known it at the time, but she put a wall there. And I think he might've felt that wall without really feeling it. And yes, don't get me wrong. I do believe she's the love of his life. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that later. But I do also feel like that a Chisholm was, was starting to be made like that. And it was starting to break slowly. I don't know. That's how I feel. Your thoughts, Toby? I don't know. I wasn't really thinking. I think that, I mean, I don't think that they would have been together forever, to be honest with you. But I think it was tragic that the way that she ran away and that really at the end of the day, the reason why the author called it the reader was because at the end of the day, that dictated her whole life. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I didn't say anything. (laughs) I just said it dictated her whole life. I'm not telling you exactly what happened. No, but I do. I think that that wall that was there, like it's tragic that she chose that over life. And and whether it's life alive or life living, it doesn't matter. She chose to alter a great, like refuse to take a, she ran away because she had an opportunity and she didn't want to keep the opportunity. Um, I think I thought that was part of it, but maybe it was also because he was pulling away and she couldn't handle that because you remember he thinks he sees her at the pool and the next scene, he never sees her again. He goes looking for her and she's right. gone. Like he hesitated. Yeah. He hesitated. Yeah, yeah. And that guilt, I think, is what killed him or it allowed that flame inside him to go out in a really drastic way. And mm-hmm. so. Here we see them in this very emotional scene in the hotel. They make up, their relationship changes to this deeper level. 
I could definitely see your point, Barbara, as you mentioned that there was sort of this chasm that was created and maybe he started pulling back. He definitely was maturing and spending more time around his friends when he came back. Now, I didn't necessarily interpret it as his feelings changing for her, other than he was just being a normal kid and had to figure out how to balance this new relationship. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Pretty yeah. much forbidden. You know, it was a forbidden relationship. Are you kidding me? Like what? And so, but think about it. If you put yourself in his shoes, you're in this forbidden relationship, you're around your friend or family, and this person walks up to you in broad daylight. No one even knows they exist in your life. They walk up to you in broad daylight. How would you react? I'm just going to ask you, would you react any differently than he did? Would you hesitate? I would probably hesitate. I would probably hesitate. But she was insecure. Right. I agree with you. She read way too much into it. Like it wasn't that. And she was dealing with things that she could share. It's like when you have no one but yourself to hold a burden. Mm. then it just became too much. And then you run. I mean, I've wanted to run before, <laughs> like, you know, not nothing crazy, but like, I don't know. And I, when I hit a wall and I just, I'm so frustrated, like nothing feels like it's working out. So like, she felt like he was pulling away and then she got this opportunity and she, everything is up to her to make it. So let's go back to that scene. She comes to see him. He hesitates. That was long enough for her to disappear literally in front of him. And when he goes to look for her again, she's completely gone without a trace. If this was the love of your life and your last time with them was you hesitating to greet them, smile, say hello, and then they disappear, would you feel guilty about that? Would you think it was your fault? Probably. And so we're going to fast forward seven years and we know now he's in law school and he's a very bitter (laughs) student or, you know, purposeful and, you know, student, but very judgmental on a mission and has not had a girlfriend since this encounter. He slept with someone, but he hasn't had a girlfriend or relationship, which relationship. And then to his surprise, he goes in to witness a trial with, yeah, I guess, individuals that were in Hitler's army and who's standing at the front of the room, but his ex-lover. Haven't seen her, seven years, no communication, heartbroken. Last time he was with her, you know, everything was fine. And then he looks <laughs> in disbelief to find out that she is being accused of war crimes. Like when that happened, it was such a far left turn for me in the book. I was not prepared. I'm like, is this the same story? Like what, what just happened here? Yeah, I was crushed. Honest, this, this just... It was really sad for me. I, I felt like I wanted to shake him. I wanted to shake her. I'm like the kind of person that I disagree with what happened. So the spoiler alert is like, eventually he realizes during the trial, she can't read. So he never figures it out until then. But like, if I were me and I had figured it out in the trial and knew that the person that I love would go to jail forever, or I could just tell the judge, Hey, she can't read. And so, and we'll get to say what happened with that. But what killed me was he went to his father and told him the, the story, you know, loosely. There's somebody and, and he took what his father thought was about it and decided he basically didn't end up telling the judge that she, so basically, spoiler alert is that, you know, there's a bunch of people that and they're all in trouble for more crimes. And there's some people that got locked into a church and got burned and it's read the book. But what happens 
is there's one letter and she, and they're like, well, read us the letter that you wrote. And at first she says, I didn't write any letter. And then she realizes when they're like, read this then that she'd have to admit in front of a judge and jury that she did not write this letter and she cannot read. And she rather went to jail for life. That's how tight that secret was to her heart. But there was a man that could save her, that loved her, and he didn't mm. do it. And his dad was saying, like, well, is it, do you have a right to change somebody's life if they don't want you to? And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But for me, I take a stand for someone if they can't take a stand for themselves. So if you're going to jail because of a secret, because you are so stuck, I'm going to, I'm going to risk that you never talk to me again and save your life. And he didn't do it. And it broke. That's where I broke. I broke that part crushed me. I have to agree with you, Toby. I didn't understand. Well, there was two things I didn't understand. One, why she just couldn't say she didn't know how to read and write. Like I, I didn't, this could have potentially kept her out of, out of prison for so long. And two, it was very apparent that he still had very strong feelings for her, that she was the love of his life. I mean, like he, all of his relationships, um, you know, she was the standard. So every relationship he was in, he was comparing them with the, these women with her. You know what I mean? So to me, I just felt like, why were you even conflicted? Like, I was it's a fatal flaw. She had a fatal flaw. Like, think about it. No, you but know. why was he conflicted? Like, oh, why, you know, like, why didn't he say, I'm going to save her life? Because I mean, I, and ladies, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm probably wrong. I just kind of felt like he was selfish in not wanting to see her, selfish in not answering back her letters. He couldn't have been selfish in that one moment and said, I don't want her to go to prison for that long. Yeah, I thought at the very least, let me be selfish in that and go to the judge. Like I just, I was, I agree. I couldn't get that. Like I was very, very frustrated. Yes, was I blown away? For me, was I blown away by you know? Had I would I have been blown away seeing her in that court for the first time after her abandonment of the relationship? But then at the same time, he did kind of feel betrayed that he kind of deserved it in, in a little bit by not reaching out to her more, not speaking about her. So I guess he felt some guilt in that too. But seeing the love of your life, yes. Would I have been upset that she, about her past, but also knowing that she couldn't read, would I have said something? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't understand why he didn't say anything. I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I too was wondering here he is sitting in front of the judge and he said nothing nothing <laughs> what are you serious i thought this was the whole point of yeah. getting advice from your dad and and so but then going back to your point barbara this is the love of his life this is the love of his life i had to step back and ask that same question why but why and i felt that he was conflicted yes over his feelings for her and his feelings for the war and the victims of the war. But I also think because he loved her so much, he understood how important the secret was to her. And it sounds weird and twisted, but he knew the knowledge of the public, the court going in the papers, the judge, all these people, that would have killed her. That would have crushed her. 
I think that is what he knew deep down. And as hard as it was for him to let her take this sentencing and this the punishment for a crime that she was not the leader, she did not make that final call, and that was the punishment she took and got life in prison. Everyone else got a little slap on the wrist. That was less of a punishment for her than the public shame, I guess, or whatever little ounce of dignity she had from her childhood that she was running from city to city. Like, think about it. She got a promotion and how? who knows how many promotions she got. And we knew she was promoted in Siemens. Right. And she decided to go enlist in the war. You know, like this is, as you know, she was only 19. She was only 19. And then naively asking the judge and very authentically wanting to know, what would you have done in that situation? I, that's my favorite line. Because, you know, being Jewish, it's going to land on me differently. But even now, and I'm definitely not leeway to what people did, but as a regular person that is there, you know, there are very, very amazing people that did amazing things. So you, we can't mitigate that there are people that took risks to save people. And, and I'm not saying that more people shouldn't have done it. But like when you are stuck and it's a job, what we, and I loved that she said that and it was innocent, like almost like a child would say that, like, but I don't get it. What was I supposed to do? She right. didn't know. She was like, she, didn't, she know. didn't know what to do. She And also, let's not forget, she really isn't, she might be street smart, but she wasn't that, she's not that smart. So in her mind, it's fairly simple. Follow the rules. Yeah, that's right. And she didn't, she wasn't raised clearly, right. at least in her teens by parents. So she was raising herself and oh, this is what you do. And this is how you survive. Yeah. And this is, I'm following orders. And that was where I said that her, when you had mentioned the abandonment theory, I was like, oh my gosh, she was truly a kid. Like she never grew up. I mean, in terms of responsibility, she had responsibility early on to survive, right. but she never really matured in the traditional sense of making adult-like decisions because the tradition, the, the adult would not have decided to sleep with a kid for six days straight, no. not even ask his name. <laughs> you know? And when she found out he was still in high school and a sophomore at that, she didn't stop the relationship, guys. I'm just saying. No, she didn't. No, I mean, <laughs> she did not. No, she fell in love with him really yeah. quickly. So, And I, I really do believe she wanted her youth. She wanted to capture that youth of hers yeah, I mean, I never thought about that, Barbara, but it does make sense. That could have been part of what she was interested in him about. I mean, I don't know if she, like, I think it's not, it wasn't conscious, but yeah, maybe that was also it. I still, like, if it's what would you have done, even, I don't, I don't necessarily know if she would have committed suicide. I think that in her mind, she would have thought she would, but I think she would have survived it and she would have lived on. And I think it's tragic that he didn't say anything. And honestly, I think Barbara, you're right. Like some of the stuff he did was yucky. Like why did he never answer her letters? He saw that she started to write and he never wrote her back. He broke her. He broke her. And and I, that was another thing that I didn't understand either. Like I, I know that he was, conf like, he spent his entire adult end of his teen years into his adult life, having her be the standard. Right. Basing all of his relationships on her. even his marriage felt, you know, went to the gutter. You know what I mean? Right. Everything was, this was her, this was his, she was his light. She was his light. And maybe the book, and I had to read the, the second part again. I had to read it again because 
to me, even throughout the trial, she was still his light. You know what I mean? Like she was still, even when he went to go see her, even when he was astonished by her age, she was still his light. Yeah. So at least I felt that way because when he found out what had happened to her, it crushed him. Well, I would say, and for those listeners that are have not yet read the book, she gets convicted at the trial, spoiler alert, and she gets a life sentence. And he now has to carry that burden, another new guilt around this relationship. And I think that also added to his struggle of finding another woman to replace her. But he does end up reading to her again and again and again. And over the years, he sent her, I don't know how many books, but on audio tape. And it, but it took him, I believe, five to seven years to even start doing that. Mm. And what I thought was so impressive with the warden was sharing the details of her life. I love that. She was honest with her. She, and he, she even said like, well, why didn't you just reach out to her? Like all she ever wanted. And she didn't cut him slack. She said, you ignored her. And we saw how much she changed in prison, the leader she was, how she was reaching out to institutions of illiteracy, how she, she had a job there. She was inspired to teach herself how to read and write and write him letters. And so there was a lot of growth that she had in prison and made the most, if you can say that, of that experience. But I agree with you, Barbara. I don't know if I fully understood why he did not reach out. And to fast forward, he gets a call. How many years was she in prison, guys? Do you remember? 17. 17. And she was now, I think, 63, something like that. Early 60s. No, yeah, she was in her 60s, I believe, because he was in his 40s. I think it was 40 or 41 or whatever the difference is. But she was in her early 60s now. And he gets a call that she's going to be released in, I don't know, a week. And she is his only person, only contact that she has. And he's asked to kind of make a way for her when she's released. And so after the culture shock or the, the initial shock of the call, he then starts planning for this homecoming. Like amazing planning. Yeah. yeah. Like an apartment and a job. And he was ready, boy. Like he, <laughs> he was, yeah. And then when he saw her for the first time after, so what, 17 years, I think you guys said, she was not who he remembered. And what was so sad was the warden said she kept herself up as if she was anticipating seeing him up until the last few years. And when that, the letter just, the letters just didn't come after however many times she wrote to him, she just let herself go. She gained weight. She started to smell. She was sad. And then she retreated. She was isolating herself. Yeah. And the thing was, yeah. he, when he went to see her, what was bittersweet, and they did a really good job, is even though he had that in, initial reaction of, oh, she got old, he left. You know how, like, a lot of times I don't even, not that my husband isn't adorable, but like, I see him almost like he was when we met, because that's who I married, you know, and that's who I, he is. And I think he was a little shocked, and she only knew the shock. And unfortunately, she didn't know the love that started to grow and the, and the author's starting to talk about it. Like, but then he's thinking about this and he's thinking about that. And, and almost like he started to re remember her the other way. And like, he could bridge that gap between what she looked like and the love 
And then we get the call, spoiler alert, that she's committed suicide. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I just, like, what? Wait, no. (laughs) I know. I was like, no, it was so close. But you know what? As you were saying that, it just dawned on me that he hesitated again. He did. He didn't. It was that he hesitated again and she read that and she just, whatever little flame was left in her, she let it, she let it go. That was it. That was it. It hurt. It hurt. (laughs) Well, you know what? She could have just come out like, you know, just, and I still, I do believe that, you know, when she was reading about the survivors, I think that she felt some, I think that in addition, I believe that she had a lot of guilt, right? And I believe that she was holding on to her salvation and her salvation was him. I think him loving her made her feel like in all this stuff that happened in my life that I indirectly or directly caused, my salvation is his love. At least I have that to look forward to. And who knows, that might have been her only love too. Yeah. It sounded like yeah. it. Yeah. And I think when she was like, if if he can't love me, then what's the point? There's no reason for me to be here. And I, I think that was what it was. I think because she just didn't feel love. I don't think she felt like anyone could love her. And I think she was holding on to him. And then he was her light. He was her light. And, and I, I think... Yeah. You know, maybe he took advantage of his, I don't know, I think maybe he took advantage of his own freedom, you know what I mean? And of his own mind. And he was remembering her. She was a strong woman. And I think that that's what he was remembering of her. I don't think personally, and you're going to see that in my, in, <laughs> at the, what happens next. I honestly don't think that he felt that she was ever capable of that. And I do believe that if he for, had an inkling at an inkling that she was weak enough. I don't even want weak. I don't know. Like that she had that in her mind to do. I think he would have moved different. Yeah. I think what was so hard was that he went to see her and he hesitated and she was so excited. You could just see like she lit up for the first time, at least according to the warden in a long time. And then she went, all of that air just left her. And it was just the very next morning and he had the flowers ready. Yeah. He was excited. That's what I, it was heartbreaking. Oh my God. Yes. And if he brought that, that first encounter, it was literally the next morning and it, she just held on to see that. And, and it was heartbreaking. And, you know, let's go into the, what we thought happened next. I would, as the narrator shares his undying daydreams of her right? What it could have been like. And if she didn't have that past, if she didn't, you know, all those things, they would have had the house and the country and the kids and he's walking in and everything's perfect and blah, blah, blah. And he just keeps going back to that daydream because in his heart, he knew the potential of their love. And I feel in terms of what happens next is after he finally visits her grave, however many years later, that's when he comes to terms with everything and allows the healing process to begin. And I feel that he reconnects with his daughter and builds a stronger relationship with his daughter and that he does end up finding love again. I don't think it will ever match what he had for Hannah, but I think he finally starts 
allowing himself to heal and he does find love again. I think the scene with him at her grave for me was there's hope. Yeah. I mean, I think on that point, you know, and I, I try to not dwell on the past, you know, learn from it. And if people ask me, I'll share my stories in the past, but I really work hard to not live inside them. And if, you know, we're always trying to motivate our, there's a, the message here is a, don't hesitate, be, be vulnerable, tell people how you feel because you, you can't get those moments back and don't live in a story that you're stuck. We make mistakes and we can't live in those moments where we made a mistake or we lose the present moment and people don't get to have the love that you have available because you are stuck in these stories and, and you even alienate yourself because eventually people pull away because they don't want to hear that story again. Or even if they don't hear the story, there's like a, a feeling or persona or, or something of that nature. And I think that the tragedy in this story of the lack of being vulnerable, the lack of telling someone how you feel not being fast enough. Like I always tell people, and one of my favorite things, which is a book we read was The Richest Man in Babylon. And even though that was about money, they talk about the opportunity is people say, oh, they were lucky, but luck is not why people do well. People do well because there's an opportunity and they act upon it without trying to figure out what's going to happen next. And in this story, it's tragic because neither one of them did it. They were too cautious too cautious, didn't jump into it, didn't just figure it out after the fact and their life life goes fast. So I think what happens next as far as from the story standpoint is that it's just, yeah, maybe he does find, I don't know if he finds love or not, but it's just so tragic. It's like hard for me to envision that he doesn't get out of that story, to be honest. No, but I feel like he's going to be stuck there for the rest of his life. But what I think happens next is he ends up his new love and discovery is his daughter. So I don't see him really in a relationship with a woman, like for a woman, but that he can shift his focus. Cause he's really been not available for his daughter either. He's just like this. Mm-hmm. And so that's the gift is he gets, he gets his kid and he gets to have a intimate loving relationship with his daughter the rest of his life. But yeah. Oh gosh, guys, like, Wow. I, I'm more on, on Nova's. I'm more in my story is that he this opened his eyes and he stopped hesitating. He just stopped. He became way more open and he decided that he was no longer going to question things. He was going to live more in in the moment. Wow, he's gonna live more in the moment. <laughs> he was gonna live more in the moment and he was going to open himself more in relationships and he was going to throw caution to the wind and he was going to be more vocal about how he felt about people and things. And it strengthens his relationship with his daughter and he's able to find love. And with what uh, Hannah taught him and what he learned through his own mistakes and his own trials and, and the good moments, he took all of that into his new relationship and his relationship was stronger for it. And he did. I, I think he had his happily ever, ever after because he decided to change for himself. I love, I mean, I love both of those visions of what happens next. And, and what I took just from both of you, I think the overarching theme is love and just the strength and, and the challenges and the heartbreak and the wonder that it can bring you all wrapped in one. And 
the package that it comes in is unexpected um, oftentimes, but then just being present. Like she represented the present moment, which brought its casualties as well. And him not being in the present and living his life in the past is what was, as Barbara mentioned, his downfall. So I love that. And I love how it just circles back to, or I think it was the last book of our, of season one, which was The Power of Now. And it's just, it's such an echo. It's like, a, here's a fictional story of why you should read this other book. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, it's really true. Her running away all the time by focusing on the judgment of the future is what got her into into trouble each and every time. So just so very interesting and intricate, but I think this is a great place to wrap up. And I want to thank you ladies for joining me on another amazing journey. And I want to thank our listeners for also coming back to us for another episode. If this is your first show, you absolutely need to pick another book and read it. And of course, follow up with the podcast. And if you want the sneak peek, Listen to the podcast first, but we have some amazing books that we guarantee will change your life. Again, this is Nova Lorraine, and this is Tuesday's Book Club, brought to you exclusively by the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. Ladies, we have a final word. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day and find your true love. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time, ladies. Bye. Bye.